pipe, oh, and it's yeah. blocked, and it, it is up. going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans. We'll take you to places most fans never go, to practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill, to Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome Inside Black and Gold, Saints fans. Steve Geller here along with Jeff Nowak. Happy New Year, Houdats! Our first edition of the 2024 campaign. And, well, at least we're starting things off on a high note. The Black and Gold getting a 23-13 win in Tampa. And it's all even Stevens in the division right now with the Bucks 8-8. Eight and eight. And here we go, and heading into the one last regular season game with everything on the line. Just how you drew it up. <laughs> exactly how we all, all pictured it, right? this season to go. Um, you know, good for DA and everything working against him. Toughest schedule in the NFL. Oh, that's not right. That's not right. Uh, <laughs> People will start booing us right away. Boo. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. You know, I get, I give, I give people crap for booing but the, the bucks, you know, like I, I, I do kind of feel like I probably overreacted to the booing early in the season because that bucks team had won four games in a row. <laughs> they're in control of the division even with a loss in that game their fans were booing in the second quarter after a punt <laughs> <laughs> so i guess it's not just it's not just the superdome you know i i do like i was thinking like man it seems like more coaches than usual like fam like every time i go on twitter and i find a tweet from another fan base it's like like i saw a tweet about todd bowles that was like you could just have placed dennis allen's name and put instead of Todd Bowles, and it would have. I feel like I saw that exact tweet a week ago about the Saints. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it is weird. So we're gonna do our normal uh, what worked, what didn't work in this first segment. We'll do what did work. Second segment, we'll do what didn't work. For once, the what did work segment is gonna be the long segment. Hooray! And because the, the only things that really didn't work in that game were you know health and you know a couple big plays toward the end, but. Um, it was, you know, I, I had people were asked, okay, you know, was this the most complete game? And I said, like, I think, I mean, if you're trying to come up with things that didn't go well, it's like, you, it's hard. Like, it took me a while uh, just to come up with three like concrete things that you can say, well, this sucked. So that's nice. I feel like I've been waiting all season for, for that game. And I'll, I'll, I'll take it. It did happen in New England. Something right. about playing outside, you know, wild, right? Everyone talks about oh, the teams playing a dome, right? Like they they're better in a dome. So when you send them outside, they're not going to play well. Well, the last two games outside were the Patriots and the Bucks, and they have won those games. What fifty-seven to thirteen? <laughs> they went uh, seven quarters without allowing a point. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying the Saints should consider like a like a timeshare in like Pensacola. Or something, you know, maybe play a couple games there a season because it seems like anytime they enter Florida, <laughs> they dominate. You know, even the game, like the Saints are five and one over their last six games in Tampa, which is crazy on its face. But then you consider the game they lost was a game they led 16 to three with three minutes to go. 
Right. So they dominated that game. And it was like a crazy comeback. So like even like that's the loss, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I understand why, why Bucks fans are probably kind of annoyed because even in the season where they feel like, oh, we finally got something here that's not Tom Brady. And they're, they're just like, well, this, this is familiar. Yeah, the, the Buccaneers faithful there, they got uh, uh, upset real quick. And then they were, they were saying even during the broadcast that fans were leaving pretty early. They were booing the decision to run on second down. Like that was like, I, I don't know if I've ever heard, like you've heard boos, but it was, it, it was wild. That, like just the decision to run, which was like, they were running the ball pretty well on the previous drive. <laughs> and then it was like, they they were booing that they weren't throwing every, it was, it was something. It also was not full, which I was blown away by. It's new For year's so Eve. On the line, right. It's New Year's Eve. They have a chance to clinch the division. And you look in the upper deck, and there are just patches of empty seats. And so I don't want to hear it from Bucks fans. I don't. I really don't. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Go beat the Panthers. Win the division. Don't talk to me. Because that 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 atmosphere was I don't, embarrassing. Um, but that's, that's for another time. So we're going to talk about what did work here. Final segment, we're going to get into the playoff scenarios because there are some. And then I also went through, and I want to I talk about – Press box food and which which is the best and which is the worst because I now been to ten different stadiums. <laughs> I can definitively say that uh, one stadium is by far the worst. Um, but yeah, so Steve, before we get so what 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 was your kind of read on the game? What what did you see on the TV? Because uh, it just felt like like it was like where has this team been all season, right? Yeah, and I, I was one really surprised on how lackluster the Buccaneers came out, and it they seemed to have, you know, the the no life, the nothing to play for. It, it didn't look like the, they were ready for the game, and yeah, the Saints was hell of impressive. Obviously, coming out right off the bat, that opening drive, a long, you know, concentrated drive down the field that resulted in seven points and. First Obviously, we, had, season. Yeah, yeah. we hadn't seen that till, till the preseason game number one. We were all kind of excited of, oh, this is what Derek Carr could be. And we just never saw it until then. And, yeah, I was really impressed with the way the defense also showed up, obviously, with the takeaways, but also uh, their ability to uh, control the, the Buccaneers' run game really didn't do much at, at all. And they took that facet away from them, making them one-dimensional. Um, even Lou Headley... Uh, I thought had a great day getting those punts uh, ins- inside the – no, you're shaking your head. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I, I, I go, ahead, go ahead. No, I was just impressed, obviously, pinning them. Um, and I know uh, – I think you even tweeted out, uh, said the, the Saints season record for punts inside the 20 this season. For all the crap he's gotten, good for him. Yeah, we can just skip ahead because, you know, I think the rookie specialists, like – Mid-season, everyone, cut the punter, cut the kicker. Everyone, right. I mean, I think both of them, you look, if you're going to look back at these rookie seasons for these guys, and you're going to say, I think they were okay. Like, they were they were actually pretty good. You know, like, for, for rookies, you're going to have struggles. You're going to have stretches where things don't go well, and they did. And, you know, Lou's came early in the season, right? Lou had his struggles in the first few games. There was inconsistency. The leg's never going to blow you away, but he's precise, and he can – and he can do so many different things. You watch him in warm. I, I, I urge anyone who's there to watch him punt in warmups and watch how many different punts he can kick. And mm. you, you know, like the the whole the point of his game is not sixty yard field flipping punts. The point of his game is, and is it's to not going to look pretty. guys deep. 
right and to eliminate returns and that's what he's done and you know she, yeah he's probably punted way more times than this he should have this season but that's not on him all he can do is kick the punts and i think the second half of his season has been really good Blake groupie you know he had a really rough stretch right we all we all were there for it you know he started really well he he actually won nfc uh the nfc special teams player of the week and then he had a really rough stretch he's missed two very short kicks right but you've seen a guy settle in you know he had a really nice game against atlanta dealing with an injury he hasn't really kicked that much over the last several games, but those three kicks today were big or yesterday were big. And so, you know, I think both of those guys deserve a lot of credit. He tied Will Lutz's rookie record with 28 made field goals. And so, and so those guys are going to be back next year. Like people, I've heard, seen people say like, oh, they need to find a new punter and a kicker. No, you, you're not going to sit through the rookie struggles for guys and then say, yeah, start over next year. No, like you, exactly. You just went through that to break them in. Right. And so like, no, you're going to you're going to look at these seasons and say they weren't perfect, but you went through some rookie struggles. You came out the other side and you feel pretty good about it, in my opinion. So I, I like that. That was not my top thing that that worked. But I think th- there's like 17 things on this list. <laughs> um, you know, another guy we can t- uh, we'll talk about quickly is Jonathan Abram. He started because Jordan Howden was sick early in the week. Unreal. Right. As a rookie. Yeah, as a rookie, missing practice is more significant than, say, a veteran. Like if Tyron missed a practice with something, he probably would have played. But they decided to go with Jonathan Abram. He forced a fumble on a when it looked like the Bucks were about to steal some momentum in that game. He had a big interception again in a situation like that. So, so good on him. Um, I just think every so many things went right in this game. Yeah, it was it was really mind boggling. Going where the freak has this team been? Yeah, and I will toot my own horn slightly because in my pregame column my things to watch column i was like i had a section and the title of it was the Jawan johnson game question you got mark. it brother you got it and i just had a feeling that this was going to be a game where Jawan might have an impact and you know just the way the bucks like to play they like to send a lot of pressure he's going to have is he's going to be able to make plays he just has to make them and he did i think i projected like seven catches 100 yards two touchdowns it ended up being eight catches 90 yards in the touchdown he was one long job. touchdown and he had chances. I mean, he had 12 targets, so it could have been a bigger day, but you know, I, I just, you know, for I, the frustrating thing with Juwan has not only been that he has struggled. It's been that we weren't, I don't think that we were the guy we saw in the preseason was a mirage. Hmm. I think that that guy has been there and we just haven't seen it. And it's a lot more frustrating to know it's there and to not get it than to just be like, well, he just doesn't have it, right? And, you know, the, Dennis Allen, like, we'll talk a bit about this. Like, he's been, quote, unquote, challenging people. That's been the term. I don't know what entirely that means. But, you know, uh, he's just, you know, he, he called Juwan out after that Lions game. He said, you've got to be better, right? And and that's not easy. Like, and since that point, he's caught three t- touchdowns in three consecutive games, right? You know, he's played a lot better. You've seen a guy that has just, you know, been that big play weapon that you, you kind of need in the middle of the field because the Saints don't have big bodied wide receivers. They have very slight of build wide receivers. So they can't really be the contested catch guy. They can make contested catches. But like you saw Chris Olave, he tried to, I'm sorry, it was Rashid Shahid that Derek Carr tried to hit on the slant in that game. And it was just like, that's just, like, I love Rashid. He's never going to be that, okay, just box a guy out and make a catch guy. It's just not his game. So you need a guy like that. And that's what Juwan did. And he's healthy now. 
he did he did deal with a shoulder injury in that game. He heard it on one of the first plays, yeah. and then you know I almost wonder if it, he dislocated it slightly, uh, like it because the way he was holding it after he got up from that touchdown was like limp or okay. you know stiff. So, but no, good for him. You know, because it, it's like he's a. I love Juwan. Like Juwan, it's 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 one of those things where it's like you want you you like him, so you want him to play well, and you're like, is it is it just because I like him as a person? that I think he's better than he is. It's like, no, there's talent there. That catch, that somersault catch. Yes. was was incredible. Uh, he actually, he told me after the game that he learned that move from Chris Godwin when they were teammates at Penn state. That's funny. Yeah. And, and it's like, a, it's a nifty little thing. Cause like when you're running like you saw, like Trey Palmer probably wishes he knew how to do that. <laughs> Yes, he should have been hanging out with Godwin more. Right, because when you're losing, your like Chris Olave could say the same thing because Chris Olave had the same fumble. Yeah, uh, you know, and the, like what that little that little duck and roll thing, it just allows you to secure the ball and not have it kind of get scraped on the ground and come out because it's the same situation, and it, and it looks really cool. So I don't know, maybe Trey should get with Chris and 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 Chris Godwin and and try maybe maybe Trey and Chris should get with Chris Godwin and Jawan and learn how to do somersaults because that's not how you want to fumble no that and that was definitely a huge point of the game because obviously a huge chunk play that the Tampa Bay would you know was able to pull off and it seemed like a, it, it was weird how it seemed like roles were flipped in this game. All of a sudden, the Bucks were doing Saints-like things, and I was like, "Wow, okay, that that seems like something that would happen to New Orleans." And Tampa just coughed that ball up, giving it away. That was awesome. This game felt like a shot-for-shot remake of that Week Two game last year. It really did. But <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk more about the big play stuff in the in the what didn't work segment because that was you know that final stretch. Uh, if Trey doesn't fumble there, you know it gets dicey. It's a little dicey, right? Um, because the time on the clock and the timeouts, but you know, uh, the, the, the biggest thing to me, the, the one, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff that stood out, but Alante Taylor, we talked to oh, about man, Alante right? Taylor a lot this week. And I just thought like the game he had that interception, you know, I was pretty, I, I got a really good look at it. It was pretty close to where I was standing on the sideline and like halfway through the play, you could uh, kind of see like that. Because Alante was in good good coverage, but I think Trey Palmer is the kind of guy who just one on one, kind of like Rashid, where it's one on one. He's that he's that fast that you'll just throw it up to him because you think he can go make a play. But Alante was in great coverage, and you could kind of see like halfway through, he was he his eyes lit up because he was like, oh, he actually threw it, <laughs> you know, and he just undercut it perfectly because he knew he was going to be able to get there, and it was just kind of cool. But you know, for a guy who got benched. That's a big moment. And I, I we talked to Tyron about that and a few other things after the game. Um, and so here's here's that interview. You know, Alante obviously has gone through a lot last yeah. week in terms of getting benched and kind of coming back. Yeah. What do you think of his performance today? Man, I'm proud of him, right? And, you know, you see you see some young guys, right, they come in the league and they have all the time in the world, right? And then they hit a rough spot and then they never able to kind of get themselves out of it. Um, so obviously, you know, things have not gone always good for him this season, but um, you know he's responded well. You know, I think, you know, being benched, you know, on a nationally televised game, like that could kind of hurt the ego sometimes, right?
and um, you know to see him come back to work, be one of the first ones in the building, first one in the meeting room. Like you knew he was serious about this week, and so it's cool to see him like reap those benefits, right? Because we do all we could do sometimes, and you know we don't make no plays, right? And so it's kind of cool to to do all you can do and make plays. So I'm cool. I'm cool. Uh, I'm happy for him. Is that, you know, I feel like this something that people don't talk about is the kind of mentality how you're approaching. But is that kind of what you need? Everyone's talented in the NFL. Yeah. Is that, is that kind of what sets apart players that, that get better over time as opposed to guys who just kind of Yeah, man. Listen, man. I think when, when a team calls your number or they call your phone, right, like we all made it, right? And so, um, you know, some guys can get complacent in that. You know, some of us have really good rookie seasons, um, and, you know, we kind of take our foot, you know, off the gas pedal. So I, I think the most important thing is to, like, continue to challenge yourself and motivate yourself because I think only you know what motivates you and what can, what can challenge you to, to, to be better. And so, um, you know, I think between, you know, Abe and, you know, Tay and Debo and Ike, like all those guys took on that challenge today, um, and, they, and they played well for us. Monte kind of talked about how the DBs in the secondary kind of put this game on there. Yeah. I mean, we had a meeting last night, and, um, you know, Coach asked me to say a few words. And, um, you know, obviously, I think anytime you get in the season and, you know, you have injuries, um, obviously, we're not at full speed. We're not at full strength in the back end. Uh, but we still have enough talent in our room to kind of go out there and, and play well and do well. And so, um, you know, I just told the DBs, like, I know there's like 60 other dudes on this team, but, like, every game that we've played well on the back end, we've won those games. And the games that we, we've lost, like, we played bad on the back end. So, um, you know, that was really just a challenge that I put on them and a responsibility. And, I mean, it's a lot because it's a team game, right? And so, uh, but I think all those guys heard me. None of them were asleep, you know. So, and I think it kind of, I think they went to sleep with that on their mind, you know, last night. So, it's, it's cool to see to see it all, you know, kind of come to light. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. You know, I think, you know, right after the meeting, all of them was like running up to me like, like, man, we needed that, right? And so maybe I need to do a more job of having those, you know, heart to heart, right? Like um, challenging those guys. Um, so, but yeah, man, like I'm proud of them. You know, obviously, it, it doesn't always go your way. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the way you respond sometimes could, could kind of trump, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, you've been through. So, uh I'm proud of that, mostly. Is that kind of a, is that normally how it goes in terms of a meeting and have to stand up, or is that something that's different this week? Well, I think this week, man, like, we knew we needed this game, right? And so, um, you know, I think the coaches were, you know, they were out of words, right? And I think they wanted to hear what we had to say, right, what I had to say. And so, um, you know, I hope I delivered the right message. I know I did because uh, I think those guys came out here and played, you know, really good. But, um yeah, man, I think that's part of being a leader. That's part of being a good unit, too, like challenging each other, you know, making it hard for each other. And so, uh, yeah, it was good to see him respond well. One of the things about Tyron that I don't think every like a lot of people take into account, and but it's very apparent when when you're in the locker room, and I think it's very important, is the leadership element of, like, it's like people are like, well, well, Tyron's older. He's not the player he was five, six years ago. Maybe not, but he's still a very good safety. He's still a top end safety. And I think like what he brings to that room is so valuable. 
and you kind of heard it there. Like, like the d- defensive backs are kind of rallying around that. He, he, like, he's the one who called them out this week, right? And and they delivered. And you know, I, I just think, you know, he like I, one of the reasons I really, really like Tyron on this team is you kind of heard it right there. Like, he's a lot. He means a lot more to this group than just you know eight tackles and you know a couple interceptions. You know what I mean? Like, it's he he makes a difference. Um, in the locker room, in the meeting room, you know, on game days. So, you know, I, I thought that was kind of cool to hear. No, yeah, when Tyron talks, everybody's listening. Um, he's he's someone that these guys obviously grew up watching. There's mad respect for the Honey Badger, what he was able to do at LSU, obviously, and then going into, you know, the NFL producing there as well with all the different teams. Every Everybody looks up to Tyron. And yeah, I agree. He's much more than just a player for this team. He's that that guy that everyone looks up to. They want to be that ple- he, they want to please him. The, you know, like kind of thing. It's like you you know, it's it's similar to me of um like uh oh, who was the linebacker? Quan Alexander. He was like that juice hype up kind of guy. And I just feel like Tyron Matthew has that same quality about him where where players just want to be um um in his good favor kind of thing. And it's like, look, look what I did, Tyron, you know kind of deal and to to make him happy makes the rest of the team happy and yeah that that was huge i mean obviously i want i want tyron giving talks all the time to this squad yeah well i mean i i think i i don't know if i'd put him and Quan in the same conversation <laughs> but uh you know like in terms of being a like hyping people up and yeah you know, getting guys excited sure <laughs> but no i i agree with you i agree with you and uh like and you can like that in that sentence we're not just making that up like like you that's that's very apparent based on conversations you'll have with like Alante. Like he's the type of guy you walk into, it's like, holy shit, our teammates with Tyron Matthew. You know, like they <laughs> right, exactly. You know, I look up to Tyron, right? Um, but you know, even though he's shorter than me. Um <laughs> but yeah, no, so I, I think the second and I think he brings up a good point there. Like in the games that the Saints have struggled this year. In, in a lot of cases, it's been because the, the defensive secondary hasn't made plays. Not necessarily gave up a ton of passing yards. This is a team that is up toward the top of the league in terms of passing defense. But they've made plays on the ball, right? They've taken it away. They've got they've they've tackled in space, right? Alante Taylor. One of the plays that probably won't get talked about is you know they they had Mike Evans on a screen and he had some yardage in front of him and Alante just kind of bumped out, made a clean tackle in the space. And Mike Evans is a big dude. That's not easy to do. He breaks tackles like that all the time. Um, and so I just think they made plays. And the other thing you brought up that that helps that group a lot is when you can stop the run on first and second down. And that was one of the big things that the Saints didn't do in that week four matchup. And the Bucs didn't run for a ton of yards, but they got positive gains on first and right. second down. So they ended up in third and four, or third and six. The Bucs lived in third and long in this game. And that allowed you to get Zach Bond on the field. He got a sack. He had a couple quarterback pressures. It allowed you to just it allowed you to 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 slim down what you had to worry about on defense, right? Um, you know, you don't have to worry about these screen plays close to the line of scrimmage, right? Like you don't have to. You can you can when you have third and ten or longer, you have a huge advantage in the secondary, and the secondary held up. So. Good for them. Good for Alante. Good for Tyron. Good for that whole group. Uh, Ike had a good game. You know, it's funny because you heard it in that in that uh, clip. There's a lot of nicknames in the in the secondary. It seems like everyone has a nickname. Like all the way to the coach, they call him M Rob. And then so you have Ty 
for Tyron. You have Ike for Isaac Yadam. You have Tay for Alante Taylor. They actually call Adebo Debo. They just lose the A and add an E. They call him Debo. Uh, he called Jonathan Abram Abe. So, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I, I was very impressed with that group for sure. Yeah, that, that was definitely awesome to see. And um, it was huge bounce back for everyone as a whole, obviously, after that Rams outing. And, man, you, you mentioned it. Like, what a way for Alante Taylor to come back and respond from being benched. Yeah. Bam, your first NFL interception, which was long freaking overdue. We know he had that one call back a year ago. Yeah, sure was. Sure was. And, you know, I think a lot, I think one thing that gets underestimated in this conversation, too, is that 10 days of rest. Oof. valuable right <laughs> <A little> bit. <laughs> two of the two of the saints best games this season have come after 10 days of rest it was in indianapolis and it was at tampa bay right wow and two of their worst games in terms of how they've started have been on short rest and so i think one thing that you know like that rams game was always going to be tough i projected it as a as a loss in my projections early yeah. in the season for that reason because four days rest is already tough enough and you have to go across country and i think one thing that this game underscored was that this coaching staff did not handle that short week particularly well. The players didn't handle that short week particularly well. And they're not alone. Like, it's a difficult thing to do. But I think when you go back to watch that Rams game, you saw a team that wasn't ready to play. Right. And But you you go to this game and you're like, okay, well, they, they took advantage of the extra rest and they looked like the team that was ready and the Bucks didn't. So... You have that. You know, I thought the offensive line had a really solid day. You know, obviously Cam Irving had to take over for Landon Young. And that was but, hell of impressive too. Yeah. After dealing yeah. with injuries, obviously no Ram check was available for this game. He's on injured reserve. And that was a thing to worry when you see about all these Tampa pass rushers from the rookie uh, and Yaya and, and guys like Vita Vey. It was like, oh crap, Carr's going to be running for his life in this matchup. And they did a hell of a job. Yeah, well, you know, the the pass protection was one thing. You know, the one sack they gave up was really on Derek because he should have thrown the ball away and instead he stepped out of bounds. I, you know, the pass protection was good. I don't think it was perfect. I think the Saints have been doing a lot of things to help mitigate pass rush and they handled it well. Let's Don't get me wrong. But what I was more impressed with was the push they had in the run game, particularly late in the game when you needed to just ice the clock. Right. And uh, two other guys who I think had, you know, pretty solid days. Jamal Williams, you know, he got stoned a few times, but late in the game when you needed to pick up some positive yards on the ground, he was able to he was able to find some space. Um, and I, so I think the, the offensive line was able to generate some push in the run game. And yeah. by doing that, it makes life so much easier on Derek Carr. And like in the first half, Alvin had 45 yards on 10 carries like he was having success uh, before he went out with that injury. Um, so good on them. Hopefully Landon's not out too long with the with the knee injury. But the last the the last guy I wanna I wanna I wanna highlight, and he literally had one carry. He had one carry in that game, but I, it was a big carry. Right, and it's Adam Prentice. He he had one carry, but it was for seven yards on third and seven, and it helped them ice. And like I think it was the. The next, I think he got a first down and that forced the Bucks to burn two of their timeouts, right? And and it's also, if you go back to that week four loss to the Bucks, that was the last time Adam Prentice touched a ball. They handed it to him at the goal line and he fumbled. Right. At, at their own goal line, at their one, and he fumbled. 
And that it came right after Isaac Yadam had an interception that looked like it was like, okay, this is going to be a 7-3 game at halftime. Well, no, Adam Prentice fumbles and you go in at 14-3. to He has not touched the ball since then. He's gone to IR. He's gone to the practice squad. He's back. They needed him in that game because they only had one tailback in Jamal Williams after Alvin went out. And, it, you know, it was that's a big moment for him. Like, fullbacks don't get a lot of chances. There's not a lot of redemption opportunities. And it's just like, don't screw up. And then, and he not only didn't screw up, he ran the ball for seven yards, got a first down. So good for Adam. Yeah, that's no a great one, point. They, that, that's another redemption, like you just mentioned right there. Yeah. We had a long day Taylor bouncing back. And, and, and Adam Prentice obviously needed that too. And it came against the same team, right? It was very, it was kismet. Uh, yeah. So, so good for him. You know, it's like no one's going to be talking about Adam Prentice and his one carry for seven <laughs> yards. But, you know, for him personally, I assure you that was a big moment. And uh, Derek talked about it too. I asked him and it was just like, he, he was kind of, because that play would typically go to Alvin, right? And and he turns around and hands him the ball and he's like, oh shit, Adam. <laughs> because it's just like, that's just not who you would typically be running that play for. Like he was in the game because Alvin was not. And Kendra Miller was also inactive. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I appreciate that. And yeah, that's, that's all I got. Anyone else you want to, you want to mention? Little shout out to to Taysom Hill. Nice grab on his touchdown reception. Uh, It was impressive to see him uh, doing that uh, just because we haven't seen a lot of it. No, you don't, you don't see Taysom catch uh, sideline like fades like very often, right? Or whatever that was. I'd have to go back and look what the actual route was. But yeah, he made a nice play on the ball. It was a dime throw, too. Yes. Like we can mention that Derek, I don't, you know, I think he played better in the first half than the second half, but that was a like go back and watch that throw. He's like, He's got pressure in his face. He's on his back foot. <laughs> he just puts it on the money. You know, I, I think he's played pretty well over the last month and a half, two months. Um, Derek, uh, Dennis, DA said that he thinks he's healthy now, which is a factor, right? He's been, he was dealing with that shoulder injury for much of the season. I don't, I don't know how, how much that's affecting it. But, you know, I think you have seen him play pretty well. The Rams game, nothing went well. Um, so like that's, that was never going to be a good game. The Panthers take away a lot. Right. But you know, the saints have been much better in the red zone. They've, they've run the ball in the red zone. They were one for two in this game. I think they did get stopped of their last 13 red zone trips. They've scored 11 touchdowns. All 11 of those scores have come in goal to go situations. Right. So like that's been, that's been a, an important part of, of finding success is not only getting into the red zone, but getting closer, right? First and 10 from the 15, you don't have to score from there. You can get a first down. And I think that's where we've seen the saints kind of adjust their strategy of you don't have to throw it in from the 20. You just have to get it there. (laughs) Right. And so they've run the ball more effectively. They've gotten the ball to Juwan Johnson. They've gotten the ball to Jimmy Graham. You know, I just think the approach has has improved. And so you've got to give the offense credit for that. You know, obviously things haven't gone perfectly this year, but I do think you've seen an offense improve as the season has gone on. So take it for what it is. There's going to be a lot to talk about. I'm not, I told you before we came on here, I am taking full advantage of not talking about the off season this week because we don't have to. There's meaningful football left to play. So I'm going to talk about the football. That's what I'm going to talk about. And next week, if they, you know, if things don't go right, then we can talk about the offseason because the offseason will be here. 
maybe we can sway some of the you know Dennis Allen haters that are hoping the team loses so he gets fired back to rooting for the team to win because I think it's pretty obvious, folks, they are not going to get rid of DA after this season, no matter what happens at the end. I just told you I'm not talking about the offseason. <laughs> Sticking to it. There you but go. no, I mean, I... I, I I tweeted this yesterday, and I just I think sports is about the the ride, right? Just take the ride. <laughs> if you get too caught up in like, well, what it doesn't matter, they're going to lose in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. There's no way the Panthers beat the Bucks. Whatever. It's like if that's the case, then then that'll be the case. What's the point of getting pissed off about it when it's not even here? Like I don't know. You got one week of football. It's meaningful, right? You're gonna. It's gonna be exciting to watch, right? Yeah. Just do it. Just, just, just. I mean, like the 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 complaints will be here when you have. Like, there's gonna be plenty of time. Trust me, to complain to say fire this guy, fire that guy. Oh, the draft sucks. The draft, you know, pick draft this guy. Well, why didn't you draft that guy instead of this guy? We, we that's that's gonna be here. Don't worry, it's not going anywhere. But you do have a week. Like, like I just think, enjoy what we have the, left. And, well, I mean, like, in there, you're going into week eight. Like, think about last year. Think about week eighteen. You know how much that week sucked. You had to we had to watch a game, that terrible game against the Panthers, like the worst game on the planet. The you know, it's world. like we, that's not what's happening this year, right? Like, you you have a you have a game against your the team you hate. Go get yes. Arthur Smith fired, right? You know. For DA, it's like, you know, first winning season, right? It had to happen at some point. Might as well be now, you know? And uh, while they didn't get the 10 wins, I mean, you got to uh, – I don't know. You, you, you can get to nine. Or you're one off. I mean, so I'm, I'm just saying. You're right I think there. What you, one thing that you can look at over these last two seasons and say, okay, this has been – this is a positive trait is they finished strong in both of these seasons. Now, you got to find ways to be better – throughout the course of your season. And that's not an excuse, but you look at the results or, you know, you had that three game winning streak late in the year last year when they were left for dead and they gave themselves a chance, you know, you know, you winning, you, winning in freezing Cleveland, winning in Philadelphia. Yeah. Right. It was, it's a team that didn't quit. Right. And I think that's been a theme of this, of this squad of this Dennis Allen tenure. Um, and if you go out and beat the Falcons then you will have won four of your final five games when you desperately needed to win them. Now you would have loved for that to be five of five, but, Hey, Let's you know, I, I just think like you want to be able to say like this is a, it's a team that gets better as the season goes on, and I think you can at least say that. So we'll we'll leave it at that, and we'll we'll be right back here next week when the Saints lay an egg and talking about how this was the worst thing that's ever happened to this to the, to the game of football. But again, that'll be here. We don't have to we don't have to do it right now. <laughs> my my wife's one of those jaded Saints fans, obviously, and she's already expecting the Saints to lose to Atlanta and then Carolina to win. Now that would be something. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in the final segment <laughs> in terms of the things that need to happen. Um, I just, you know, like there was a lot of ways that game could have gone. I think you go, you go into that game knowing that if this goes a certain way, the coach might get fired. You know? And I keep getting told the team was quit. That's not, that's not what a team... I don't know what they're watching then. If right, that's not what happens when a team has quit. I think it's, you know... I, so you know we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes but yeah I don't I think you've got one more year of Dennis Allen coming at you uh, one way or the other here in this last week but we'll see uh, but all right let's wrap up that segment we're gonna come back we're gonna talk about some of the things that didn't work we're talking about some of the health that sort of thing we'll close out with the playoff uh, scenarios and also 
my, my food ranking. Playoffs. All right. This is Inside Black and Gold. Who that? We'll be right back. <laughs> 